Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading, and the Tarot Coloring Book. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 208 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is reading with jumpers. And my special guest is Kimberly Cooley of Abundant Life Tarot. Welcome, Kimberly. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I got to tell you, a while back, I interviewed you for my Talking Tarot with series because I've been noticing you on Instagram and I just love your vibe and I think you're really smart and interesting. And in that interview, you mentioned something that got my attention, but it also got the attention of my audience. You mentioned that you only read with jumpers. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and so this is why I'm like, wait, we got to get this on the podcast. We need to hear about this. So first of all, what is a jumper? How do you explain it to people who are listening? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. My weird little style called working with jumpers. So that is essentially shuffling the cards. And whatever card jumps out, you know, the ones that fly out. And some people might think that's an accident. For me, I, my intuition always said, no, 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 no. You need to work with that card. That's your message. And so that's the jumper, the one that flies out of the deck. And um, I shuffle the deck and I might have a list of questions for, for my client or for myself as I'm reading the cards for myself. And as I'm thinking about that question, I'm shuffling. And the card or cards that jump out, those are the cards that I read with. So that is my definition of a jumper, of working exclusively, though, with jumpers. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing that really blows my mind. I mean, so let's say, like, what if you only have one card that jumps out? Is that the whole reading then? We do that one card? That is correct. So if it's just that one card, Oftentimes, it will just be one card, and I will listen to my intuition to say, hmm, you may need to draw another card, another tarot card, or I always have an accompanying oracle deck to talk, quote unquote, with my tarot deck. So I will usually, in my readings, have an accompanying oracle deck that I'll shuffle as well, and one or two cards will jump from there, and that comprises between the tarot always. And then the oracle, sometimes that comprises the message, even if I only get one, maybe two cards between the two decks. So why would someone want to read only with the jumpers? Great question. So early in my tarot practice, I love tarot from the giddy up. Um, so for me, I would go to readings or go get readings from tarot readers, and they have their style. They would maybe draw a card from the top or, you know, have me, cut, you know, they'll cut the deck and have me pick or etc. Well, I would try those methods and it just, the readings felt flat to me. They weren't making sense to me when I would do the readings in any other way. And then what would happen is a car would fly out as I'm shuffling and I would look at the card and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's speaking clearly to me. And then I started to do all of my reading, like from point A to, you know, to Z, A to Z. And the whole message is this beautiful, coherent 
deep message. And my clients love it because they love the randomness of it. They think, I mean, it's, you get to have a random car pull, sure. But they love the fact that it almost seems like spirit is plucking the cards out of the deck for us to see. Me as the reader, sure, but them as well. And they love it. And I love it too. Sometimes I gasp with them like, oh, this is the car that, <laughs> this is the car that flew out. So yeah, that, that's what my clients at least tell me that they get excited about. I love that you said it's like spirit is plucking the card out. So when you're shuffling and they're flying out, you look at that like this is really a, a message from spirit. It's not just, you know, the art of the shuffle. Spirit is directing this message. Exactly. I am a person that, um, you know, all readers have different belief systems, but I am one that believes in a higher power um, and believes that the, I am a medium or conduit. I like to think more of it as I'm a conduit. And so I am, the, you know, the card is the, the cards are the tools and spirit is actually plucking those messages out. And then it's my job as the interpreter of what's coming through for the client. So that's how I like to think of it. It is, I suppose, also a technique of shuffling and getting the cards, but it's not the most practical either, I'll have to say. It's not always the most practical because I will shuffle until a jumper jumps. <laughs> so, until it pops out. Yes, yes. I will tell you now, I'm never going to think of jumpers as the same. I'm going to be thinking of them as spirit plucking them now. So you put that in my head, and I think that's really <laughs> brilliant and interesting. So do you allow people to shuffle your cards, or do you shuffle for them? I mean, how does that work? Well, typically, let's say if I'm doing a face-to-face -face reading, I'll shuffle the deck really good because I just like to shuffle anyway. That's just my thing. But also, I like to make sure that it, all the cards are as shuffled as possible. If it's a face-to-face -face reading, I will hand the deck over to the client. We can shuffle. But then when it's time, and sometimes something might jump out from them. And I say, okay, let's take that card and put mm -hmm. it off to the side. That's important. But when it's time for me to take over as the conduit, I when I start shuffling and the cards fly, flying out to their questions, that's when the reading starts to take shape. So that's my typical style. But I'll be honest, the majority of my readings are virtual. Mm. So I'd say 90% of the time, I'm the one shuffling the decks. And so it, that makes it kind of easy. But the world is opening up and I'm starting to have more requests for face-to-face -face readings. And so it's been interesting. It's been like, oh, okay, well, how do we go with this? But I don't mind them touching the deck and shuffling. Actually, I, I love that their their energy is in the deck as well. So they're interacting. You know, everybody's getting involved then. So exactly. yeah. yeah. All right. So what about what if this happens? What if no cards jump out? What what now? That does happen. And oftentimes now, usually when I will shuffle the deck, right, it'll be like something flying out as I'm saying the question aloud. About usually, I like to write my questions down and have them to the side and just make sure I'm clear. And as I'm saying the question, the card flies out. It's usually the moments when we're like, like halfway through the reading where sometimes I'm shuffling and shuffling and shuffling and there's no cards to jump out. That is my signal from spirit, higher power, universe, that there's nothing to say here. It's already been said. 
um, you know, whether it's a, a repeat client who's come back to me before asking this, you know, similar question, or whether I've answered it previously, or maybe there's just nothing to say. And I have to listen to my intuition and gut on what is that and honor it. And I have a rule. I will shuffle the deck three times, like a full shuffle, overhand shuffle, right? Overhand shuffle, three times of the shuffle, like (laughs) trying to make them sound. (laughs) And by the third time, if no card comes, jumps, that that's where I'm like, okay, that's my deal that I have the spirit. Like, okay, third time, nothing comes through, then I need to rely on my other intuitive faculties for that question. I love this advice. I love this. So here's something else I want to ask you. So what if you have a client? Now, I've had these clients in the past where they're shuffling and you can tell they're shuffling to make them pop out because you know they want they want something special. They want something big. And they're all, oh, look at that. I, what do you do when someone's pulling that? Well, I mean, is that, that a real like, reading? Is that even real? Is that a jumper or? No, and I know exactly what you mean because, you know, some people like when they watch me shuffle, I'm simply not best invested. And that's what I'll tell the client, like, listen, I am an observer to your situation, to your energy. So I'm objective. So if you want a real objective reading that's going to showcase what really is going on, hand me over the deck and let me shuffle to our questions. You can you can go ahead and do you and I'll hand the deck back to you. And you can try that technique of yours because I know exactly there, you know, you could simply do that. But I just simply am overhand shuffling as if I was sitting in front of my TV at night as I do and shuffle the cards in my own oh, look what jump. Oh, look what jump. So they like my clients will tend to say, oh, "Okay, okay, I do want to, I do want a genuine reading from you." So here's the deck, and then a lot of times they don't ask for the deck back after I've seen them try it their way, and then they see it my way, and they're like, "Okay." That's why you're the conduit. That's why you're the conduit. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So how about this? What about if there is a particular card? that seems to jump out again and again and again. And I've got a two-part for this question. So what if it keeps happening for that client? Or what if it keeps happening like every reading that you're getting, it that one card pops up, is that a meaning for you? So if it's popping up again and again for one particular client or just all the time, what do we need to know about that? Oh my goodness, if that does come up, it does happen. And I don't believe it's by accident. Um, in our tarot collecting world or tarot, like, you know, in the social media groups, we call those like stalking kind of cards, those Mm -hmm. cards that were, you know, constantly coming up for the client or for me. And that does happen. And when that happens, I do take special note of it. And I will mention it to the client like, hey, wow, look, look, this Ace of Swords has popped up. Again, here, you know, we were not even talking about the same topic. We're talking about something else. We're working on something else. Look at that. Let's let's see what that message is. What what the what the bigger meaning is from that card that keeps coming up for you. If it's a card that's coming up across reading, across reading for me, and across different clients, then I also sit with that and say, okay, after the reading, typically, and I'll say, 
what's really going on? And I like to delve deeper. I'll take out my deck, you know, my deck that I use for myself for my own, my own personal readings. And I'll say, okay, I see that that hermit keeps popping up here it, from reading to reading to reading. Spirit, what are you trying to show me? What do I need to know? And so I'll do my own personal reading to delve into that. Because, and then chances are it's information I needed that I need to know and act upon. Right on. Is there a particular deck that you find is better for jumper readings or just any deck? Um, typically any deck. Even the large ones. At first I used to tell myself, oh, I don't really want to do it large, like Oracle decks. Tarot, I would not at all because I need them to be standard tarot size. So it's easy for me to shuffle. If it's too cumbersome to shuffle, then it makes it a little difficult. Then it's like clumsily falling out. The cards are clumsily falling out. So if it's a large tarot deck, I will say that is out of the question. Like the oversized tarot decks, out of the question. 50-50 chance on an oracle deck, because it's not as it's not 78 cards typically, it's like 44 cards or 54 cards. So I could manage with that. Um, so yeah, I guess at first I was like, no, I can work with any deck, but no, my preference is a standard tarot size. And the oracle decks that I tend to use for client readings are traditional tarot size. Um, I just find that that works best. For being able to easily overhand shuffle probably across the board for anyone really that size and then the cars just easily just jump just jump mm -hmm. just fly out so yeah <laughs> any other tips you want to share about working with jumpers and reading solely with jumpers any what's your favorite tip my favorite tip is you will know and, and it's this I should back up. This is something that you will intuitively know whether or not you're called A to even work exclusively with jumpers or B, when it's a jumper that you really need to take notice. Some people, they, they, they may try this and it may not work out for them. And that doesn't mean anything other than that's just not your, your card selecting style. And I set parameters before I even start with spirit. I call them like our little arrangement that we have. So I will say, okay, I, spirit, I'm only looking for one or two cards from each deck. If more jump out or fall out, then I'm going to reshuffle. And I will let the client know that too. I let them know in advance, this is my reading style. So I'm going to add five minutes extra because I have to shuffle and allow for cards to jump. And they're like, that's fine. So those are my rambly tips is that I set the I set the stage before the reading starts in my mind or with spirit. Like if like a tumble falls out, like five cards, I'm like, no, that was me accidentally shuffling and it just kind of it's a mess of cards. If it's like one to three cards, I'll go ahead, depending on what I'm intuitively feeling, I'll go with that. Any more than that, I'm like, no. That was a clumsy fumble, and I'm going to reshuffle. And my clients are like, that's cool. That's fine. You're in control. You got this. And so, yeah, that, that's what I do with my jumpers. <laughs> that's and my that tip. Act, yeah, and that actually makes a lot of sense, too, that if too many fall out, then it really does feel more like, okay, this is jumbled. I love that. I, you just made me think of one more question. And the other question, I know some people are really superstitious. 
And I've had people, if a card flew out, they got scared, and especially if it turns out to be something like the tower, <laughs> and they assume right away, like, this is something scary, this is bad. You know, what do you say to people who see the card fly out and they freak out? I tell them that, and I think we as readers know this better than anyone else, that these are, the, the tarot is a spectrum of experiences, of different energies. And it's my guide to, it's my job to be your guide through this. There is nothing scary. You have probably seen something way scarier than what the tower actually could ever possibly mean. Now, yeah, could it mean a catastrophic situation in a querent's life? Sure, it could. But I let them know and gently remind them, I'm looking at the whole picture here of the reading. You've asked about three or four questions. I've shuffled those times and we've got the cards all on the table. It's my job to look at the cohesiveness of the message and be able to convey that to you. So allow me to do that and allow me to help you with, to, with getting that message. And that calms them down because they are superstitious. I come from a superstitious family who is now asking me for readings they're getting out of their either super religious or superstitious ways and asking me for readings and these things come up and I'm like look I'm not going to steer you wrong I love you I don't tell the client that but I tell a loved one that I care about you I'll be real with you and honest with you when I'm looking at the whole full context of the message but oftentimes Spirit is not going to give you anything more than you can really handle. That's what it's always been my experience. So you're here. Let's get to these answers. Let's see what's coming up for you. And that's the approach. It's like we're a team here. Mm. And I'm going to help you. I, I've been through this before with many people. So we got this. That's my approach to that. I love that approach. I love what you're doing. I think this is such a great topic. It certainly got my eye, uh, got my attention, let's put it that way. And it's making me think, okay, the next time those jumpers are flying out, let's not just put them back in the deck, you know, uh, let's take a, let's take a new look at the, these jumpers. So it's just so interesting that that's the only thing you read and that blows my mind. And I think for people who are listening, this might be something you want to try, test it out. And you're absolutely going to want to get into Kimberly's world. You know, Kimberly, if you're teaching classes on that, I got a feeling there are going to be people who do want to learn how to read with jumpers. I think your style's interesting. So speaking of that, where can people find you? What are you up to? How can people connect with you? Oh, thank you. I love that idea too. I've been thinking of, of different courses I want to add to my website. So jumpers would definitely be something I consider adding to my little academy over there. Um, my website, in case anyone's interested, it is abundantlifetarot.com. And I have a section called the Academy where I am starting to put courses there for folks to check out. Um, I am active on YouTube. I do have a YouTube channel where I speak about topics such as this. I even have a video. Uh, It's older now. I probably need to offer a freshened up video of jumpers of my process. And so 
Uh, if you want to know more about me, nor about my spiritual beliefs and, and how I tie it in with tarot. And also, I love collecting decks. So there's a plenty. I'm me exploring different decks. Check out Abundant Life Tarot on YouTube. But my website is where you can, you know, reach out to me, um, see what I've been up to, what's coming up, and all of that good stuff. So. Yeah, thank you. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today and sharing your wisdom and your thoughts and your process. This is so fascinating. Uh, I think you're amazing, Kimberly. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I think you're amazing. I'm so happy and honored to be able to chat with you today. This is fun. This was great. All right, people, you know what you're going to do. You are going to get over to Kimberly's World Abundant Life Tarot. You need to check out what she's up to. I think we all need to learn about this method of reading cards because again, it's certainly different to me. It's new to me. It might be new to you. Maybe it's not, but check it out. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And a reminder, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you enjoy the podcast, you know what to do. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember, you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.